Welcome to another episode of Build My Brand. My name is Jessica Vanderslice, and I am the CEO and founder of a personal branding company called iFormat. I am also the author of Building a Strong Personal Brand, where I help you navigate your professional profile to the top of recruitment searches and help you reconcile this new era of technology and how you can compete in today's market, merging technology with psychology. Welcome back to Build My Brand. I'm your host, Jessica Vanderslice, the professional brand builder. I'm excited today as we launch our second season of Build My Brand, which focuses more on sharing valuable knowledge that can be used in the recruitment search. But I'm even more eager to announce our guest today, joining us from Infinity Consulting Solutions, which is an award-winning staffing and recruitment agency with offices across the US, collaborating with Fortune 500 companies, which more recently I found out that ICS has been acquired by Corn Ferry. So I believe congratulations are in order. Thank you. We're so excited to be a part of the Corn Ferry family. Amazing. I did I did some research this morning as well. So I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of eager to find out and kind of see where ICS is going from here on out as well. I'm definitely going to be following it a little bit closer now. Um, so Elisa Emirates is the director of talent acquisition and has played a key role in the growth of ICS of the ICS team. She's also part of the ICS diversity and inclusion committee which is dedicated to ensuring a diverse, inclusive, and equitable environment for all of its employees. Uh, she comes with a wealth of experience, but uh, with 14 years experience helping shape the organization, leading and growing the team in the New York office and developing long-term relationships with both of her clients and her candidates. So thank you for joining me today, Elisa. I am actually really looking forward to having this discussion with you. Yes, me too. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. I'm eager to start uh, sharing really valuable knowledge that can be utilized by people within the recruitment process. So if, if any of you have listened to our previous podcast, you'll know that our podcast focuses on the recruitment aspects of merging with psychology within the recruitment process. And I'm sure Elisa will be able to agree that it's takes a lot of both of those aspects to simply find and secure the right or the best candidates for uh, for the opportunities. And we know that the best candidates aren't always looking, but still need to be prepared. So with that, um, I would like to stop the discussion on the progression of ATS, which is applicant tracking software or systems, integrated solutions within the recruitment process as well as a more simplified version, which is called the Boolean search, which is more heavily utilized during the recruitment process uh, online or within integrated recruitment software. So this is the technology side of the recruitment process that is important to understand um, as, it, as it can impact your job search. So Elisa, what I would like to ask you is sort of your thoughts on ATS and the impact it has on the resume or the CV holder in, you know, other parts of the world and you and in um, the Middle East, we use the word CV, which is curriculum vitae. So I'm mentioning CV and resume wildly today, but yes, the impact ATS has on the CV and resume holder. Uh, also, what is a Boolean search when you look at the recruitment world? 
Sure. So the ATS is sort of double-sided, right? Because the recruiters are using the ATS to find candidates and the candidates are they're exposed to the ATS when they apply for the job or they apply for jobs on job boards because most applicant tracking systems will scrape resumes from the job boards. So I know a lot of people will apply for a job, they send their resume and then there's questions that follow. Please upload your upload your most recent experience. Please describe your experience before that. And it feels very redundant when you are going through the application process, but that's actually really important for you in your search for your resume to be found. The reason being is sometimes the resume itself won't upload properly into the ATS. So if you apply for a job and you send your resume and it is saved as a PDF, but it's from a program that maybe isn't Word, it won't upload into the ATS. The ATS can't read it. Or, so, or new or newer systems. A lot of companies right. have, they won't have money to upgrade their systems. They will still have an older version of software. Correct that isn't as compatible with the progression of technology or artificial right. intelligence within ATS. Or even pages, you know, if you write, write your resume in pages, sometimes that won't upload if it's a mm. PC that's too old. Um, so it's really important that you do type in all of your information just as it appears on the resume so that when the recruiter does do a Boolean search, they're able to find you. And now a Boolean search is a search which you use, the recruiter will use words or symbols to narrow down their search and make it very specific or broaden their search to make it super broad so they can find lots of candidates. Um, you can use words like and or not in certain ways with keywords from the resume to find candidates um, who yeah. have a certain amount of experience or certain specific experiences. Yeah, and it, when you're looking at Boolean searches, it's easier to think about the internal recruitment process that it benefits more because you can use Boolean online and most people would have used Boolean before. They would not have known that it was a Boolean search because they would have and and or um, within that sentence. So when you're looking at a Boolean search, you would look at if you were looking for an HR manager that had appraisal experience or had performance review experience, you would use the terms on the software um, that hosts or stores all of the resumes for that recruitment company. And it's a database usually. And you'll use words like HR manager within uh, brackets uh, or speech marks. And you would say and appraisal and performance review. And it will find all of the resumes and the CVs that will have the same um those keywords in there so a lot of the times when i look at resumes or cvs and i'm writing them i am seeing just keywords just written like recruitment performance appraisal yeah. and and it just sometimes it just doesn't have enough enough in there so, so um this, that's the psychology part of it you know technology isn't going to help you only so you've got to know to put more content so you can have a better opportunity to reach the top of all of those types of searches Correct. Yeah. So just in terms of the aspects of the CV or the, or the resume. So when you think about when you're trying to navigate to the, their profiles to the top of a recruitment search, when you're doing online searches, like on LinkedIn or any sort of online job portal, I think monster indeed, those sorts of platforms, 
you know, what are some of the aspects the CV or resume holder needs to think about when they're trying to navigate towards the top of those types of searches? Right. I would say the number one issue I have come across is when candidates use a lot of graphics on their resume that is going to push them down to the bottom because it confuses the, the search for lack of a better word. Um, it you're, the ATS isn't going to read a picture of you or um, graphics that you're using. I not know how to do that yet. It's right, still, right. Artificial so, intelligence, it's still learning. It doesn't even know that it's a picture yet. Exactly, so just keeping your text concise and simple and really using the important keywords that describe what you did in each role in a concise manner is your best bet to get to the top of the search. Yeah, absolutely. I, I a couple of years ago when I just started doing recruitment, I noticed that even some software doesn't even know how to read anything in a box. I was doing a spell check on a, on a CV or a resume um, and it wasn't able to read anything within that box. So what, whenever people would put stuff within a box, systems like ATS or any sort of uh, recruitment tools wouldn't be able to parse that information. It would see that box as a picture and just miss all that content yep. completely. So not just graphics, you're looking at boxes, boxes, pictures, logos, and uh, yes. a lot of people put borders in there and put the whole CV in a box. So I always tell my clients, just remove all of that because ATS predominantly works on the, the easier the system can parse and take out the information and read it, the easier your life is going to become um, with navigating towards the top of that recruitment search. Um, all right. So how do resume or CV holders maximize their chances of reaching the top of a job application process um, when when you've your one HR manager against hundreds of HR managers? Well, I think it is important to make sure that your resume is tailored to the job you're applying for. There's no one size fits all resume approach. I think that making sure that you are including keywords and phrases from the job description is very important in your resume because recruiters are lazy. They are not going to read through everything and put two and two together. They would rather just do their ATS search, put in their Boolean phrasing and see what comes up. And if you have the keywords that they're looking for from the job search in your resume, you're gonna get right to the top there. Yeah, absolutely agree. I, I often tell people you need to look at all of the types of keywords within your job and you need to give proof of what you've done in those areas. Uh, embedding keywords and skills in your CV is not a good way to navigate to the top. You'll navigate to the top, but there's no chance that anybody would invest more time in your profile if you've done that. You have yes. to indicate the skills and you have to indicate the proof of how you have achieved those skills. Um, so this kind of leads into the psychology part of it, because now let's imagine you've navigated towards the top of a recruitment search, utilizing all these online tools and systems, but now you've got the person opening up the CV and the resume, you know, somebody's going to read it. So you need to make an impact on that. So this is sort of the psychology part of what, um, what we want to talk about today is the impact your profile is going to make on the reader especially the language, because I know when I was in recruitment, the more technical
difficult it was and the harder it was for me to understand somebody's CV or resume, the more I, yes. Just crumble <laughs> I it up and throw it away. Put this one on the back burner and go right. find out. I don't want to sound stupid or silly when I take this to my manager and they go like, I don't think you really know what this person is doing. So I, there is that fear when it comes to too technical language. So how does the, how does the look and the feel of that CV or resume impact the the recruiter or the reader because i know that the first impression is going to be kind of key when you open up that profile because statistically i know that there is about six to seven seconds that a recruiter or a reader will go through the profile to say hmm, do i want to invest more time on this and it's sad really sad because right. people spend more time on an instagram post than they do on reviewing you know a key document um, but it is the truth. You're going through thousands of CVs. You have very little time. You've got high targets. So I understand it. I may not agree with it, but it, it is <laughs> but what it what is. what happens. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. So basically, how does the look and the feel impact the, the reader or the recruiter? Right. So the look, I, I always look for a uniform font profile throughout the resume. Um, I know sometimes when people change roles, they'll just add their most recent role and not ensure that it matches the rest of their resume. And most yeah. jobs are looking for a certain degree of attention to detail. So I think that that is very important if you're representing yourself to make sure that your resume looks nice. Um, all the same font, not too small, easy to read. I love clearly labeled education experience i like the experience yeah. to be most recent to you know furthest back um some people will reverse that um i think it's pretty standard to start with your most recent experience because that's going to feel the most relevant when you're doing a job search um and i don't think you need to put an objective on the top necessarily um especially if you're trying to save space yeah, absolutely. I always used to tell people that objectives are for more entry-level graduate people yes. because your CV cannot, your CV or resume cannot indicate your expertise. The moment you go and you have to ask yourself the question, what is this relevant for? That's when you have, when you have an objective. My objective is to get a, uh, you know, a graduate program or an accounting or accountant's first level entry-level job because you have no expertise. So the recruiter or the reader doesn't know what it is that you're good for. But when your CV can indicate your expertise or your experience, I always used to say there's, there's, two, there's two different things. So you get expertise and you have experience, but your experience needs to indicate the, the objective. If you are a, a financial individual with financial background, you are gonna be for, good for financial jobs. Yes, yes. And I think also making sure that your resume matches your LinkedIn pro profile. A lot of job searching and applications go through LinkedIn now. Um, and if your LinkedIn profile does not match the experience on your resume, that recruiter is going to notice that. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're bringing me back to all of my recruitment days. I used to take the CV and just copy the name straight off the CV and the resume yep. and just go to LinkedIn and pop it in there. And if it didn't come up, yeah. I'm not going to go. I 500 other CVs and resumes to go through. I mean, if it doesn't come up and some people put their middle names on their, on their profiles, but then on LinkedIn, they've only got their first and their last name. So sometimes they're not going to come up on the search. They're not doing themselves any justice. Correct. I love that you say the consistency is key because it really, really is. And it makes 
the job of the recruiter so much easier. Yes, I couldn't agree more. I think making sure that your LinkedIn profile is up to date, that you have a photo, um, that just creates a, a sense of trust almost when you, a tr trustworthiness when you have a photo there. It's not like you're hiding something by not having a photo. Um, well, I think that's definitely. That's just it. Because a lot of people would have asked me in the past that, oh, why don't you want to put a, a picture on the, on the, on the CV or the resume, but you want to put one on LinkedIn. And I would explain, you know, back in the day was all about the judge judgment um, of the profile. You didn't want to be judged based on how you looked. And now it's all about that's not even the case anymore because we're not in competition with each other anymore. No. We're in competition with systems and people yes. need to try and understand this. So obviously ATS on the technology side distorts that. But when you look at LinkedIn, you are having to make a first impression way before you even meet the person. Correct. So and I always tell people, don't worry about, you know, anything else. Worry about looking professional, warm and welcoming smile. Just make people want to approach you. Yes. That's what it's about. Because if you're approachable, I'm going to want to chat to you. Not going to, you don't look like you're going to make my job more difficult. <laughs> yes. You want to look, yeah, I see that smile. I always look, I always look at their pictures going, oh, that's a warm, welcoming person. I'd love to speak to this person, you know? So, yeah. and if you don't find that, sometimes you kind of do glance over it. Yep. I think maybe avoiding bathroom selfies or car selfies <laughs> as a profile picture on LinkedIn is a good idea. Um, that's fine for Facebook and Instagram, yes. where it's more of a social, social media, but LinkedIn is a professional online searching Absolutely. tool. Absolutely. Yes. Um, just on that, on that, I know we're not actually talking about the details of it now, but I used to tell, I used to tell people, you know, head to shoulders. That was the, the professional yes. photo. Now, now it's no longer. We want to see head to elbows. We want to see your body language. We want to read and see you what type of person you are. And we can get all of that from how you look, how you stand, how you smile and engage without even speaking to us. That's right. what I want to see. So nowadays I always tell people, you know, do the head to head to uh, elbows and just kind of nice slant to the left or the right. Even if you fold your hands, it doesn't even matter anymore. It's just a warm and welcoming smile saying, inviting people to your profile and say, like, call me, your... I'm the candidate for yeah. your job. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, so with that kind of said, what are some of the layout and the structure of a CV or resume concerned you have experienced to be sort of detrimental during this process of the application? So stuff that you've looked at and gone, ooh. ooh. Um, I do think spell check is your friend. Mm. Um, checking and rechecking having someone else put eyes on your resume before you send it out just to make sure grammatically it's correct your spelling is correct um and the same with your linkedin too making sure the spelling is correct um making sure you have the name of every company you've worked for spelled properly um and that you have their uh logo and connect to their company page if you can um on mm. linkedin as far as the resume um yeah, language is important. Take your time. Make sure you're using a lot of action words, um, you know, responsible for heads up, leads. Um, those are all yeah. great action words. Um, and again, no graphics. Freely. It's all available freely. I think if you look at spelling, the first thing you mentioned, spelling, the spell check. I mean, Microsoft Word offers a free edited right. spell check for you. It's free. 
Uh, Grammarly has a free version which which does check spelling. It may not check the grammar, but grammar is always secondary for 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 certain profiles. But yeah, spelling is a is a you can't have spelling mistakes when you have free software that's willing to help you. Right. Um, on that profile absolutely right and um, in in word don't ignore that squiggly blue or green line underneath just give it a little right click see what they're trying to tell yes, you what I do they think is wrong yes i absolutely agree i remember when i worked there are some companies very few but there are companies that would look at spelling mistakes and frown upon that and just think that this person's attention to detail is not where it needs to be for the types of jobs we're advertising so i once had an executive assistant not get an interview because she spelled PowerPoint as two separate words. Hmm. And technically it is one word <laughs> with a capital P in the middle. Yeah. So really paying attention to detail can, can be the difference between getting an interview and getting passed over. Absolutely. I agree with you. Um, so what are some of the aspects in of the CV or the resume in terms of language that you quickly mentioned here that are something that would impact the perception of somebody's capabilities. You mentioned action words quite nicely. Yes. I love action words. I write every profile for a client starting with an action word because you have to tell me what your capabilities are. So what are some of the aspects in terms of the actual language that will impact the perception of the, their capabilities? I think matching the language in your resume, in your job description, to the language in the job description that is the job you're applying for mm. will put you at the top because that that lazy recruiter is going to recognize that, oh, this person has the exact phrase from our job description. He or she has done this before. Yeah. Um, so I think that's definitely very important. Um, leading with the action word also I think is important when you're phrasing what you've done in each role. You know. Absolutely. Yeah, it just provides yeah. me with the understanding of your capability. So if you drive something, I know that you are accountable for this entire process. If you are just analyzing something, I know the limitations of this particular capability. So you're just help helping me build my understanding. And I've I know that if your if your resume and your CV is helping me in my understanding, I'm far more inclined to say this profile's is quite easy for me to read. I can understand this. I'd love to have a chat to this person and understand a little bit more of their capabilities. So I know for me specifically, when I was doing recruitment, it certainly was a huge help when people used action words and just general language like mentorship and I coached employees and things yes. like that. Like they are language that can make a big difference in a profile. Yep, I definitely agree. Um, I think keeping it concise also is very important. You don't need to tell me everything you did. Just give me an overview. And then when I interview you, that's when you're going to go into detail. And if, if they ask for a cover letter, you can include that in the cover letter if you want to go into a little more detail. Or, I mean, I think it's always great if after you apply for a job, you connect with people in the company on LinkedIn and reach out to them. And that's where you can put a little more detail about what you've done in, in your role that pertains to the job. I absolutely agree with you. I couldn't have said it better myself. I always tell people, you just need to give enough to stimulate interest. Intrigue is your friend. 
I always, I'm not going to go into it, but I always tell people, don't raise questions when you see you raise intrigue and interest. <laughs> little mystery is good. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's like playing cards when you, when you work on your profile, you don't show the recruiter everything at once. You give them a little and then they'll go, this is interesting stuff. I wonder right. what more I can find out when I speak I to the person. I think there's something about buying the cow that would fit with that too. <laughs> Because <laughs> I know, because I've had to shorten 21 pages of profiles or seven right. pages. That's ridiculous. You're yes. never going to, yeah, you're never going to be helping yourself um, if you do that. But absolutely. I always used to, um, when I'm working with senior people, they have the fear of losing information. So when I'm cutting down a profile and I do anywhere between one to two pages um, for senior people, I've done 30 years onto two pages. I can do it. Yes. But the fear of losing information is so great that, you know, you have to talk them through it and make them feel comfortable and going like, you don't want to give them everything. Something right. needs to be left up for conversation. Um, so yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, so finally, I want to go through some closing questions. Um, how many pages do you want to see when you're going through relevant profiles and why? Okay. So, 10 years ago, I would have said two pages or less only ever. Now, I think in the age of the ATS and online searches, it can be two and a half, three pages. It's not going to drive me crazy to scroll through another page. It's all on my computer. Um, I wouldn't go more than three pages, though, because then you're, you lost me. My attention span yeah. is very well, short. I think a lot of people have the same problem and it's not just the attention span. It is the, the intensity at which recruitment targets are set. We are talking about timeframes now that used to be weeks and months for a recruitment process. Now is down to sometimes days. Right. If, a, if you are working with a Fortune 500 company, you're looking at potentially having applications that are in the hundreds. How much right. time are you going to spend going through these profiles? Absolutely. And I'm a recruiter. If they're working with my recruiting agency, they're working with eight or nine others at least. And I'm in competition with every recruiter from all of those agencies. So my, my sense of urgency, my speed is what's important. And your shortened resume is going to only help me get you in quicker. Exactly. And that's the key word. It's you've got to help the recruiter help you. Yes, help and me help yeah. you. <laughs> help me. I always use the word help when I'm dealing with people. Let me help you help you. Yes. Um, and then finally, I have, yeah, just in general, like when I was working in recruitment, I would tell people not to put, uh, but we work in the Middle East. So I work a lot with clients within the Middle East. So confidentiality is a, is, is a key thing. But I know that whenever I saw references on a CV, I would tell people like, that's great because a person will say that they're happy about the quality of work that they've provided. They're so happy about and so confident about their experiences with this company. They're happy to put references on their, on their uh, CVs. But what are your thoughts on putting references on the actual CV profile in this age of where privacy isn't what it was before? People kind of have more value in that sense of privacy now because everything else is available for us. Right. Well, as a recruiter, um, when I see <laughs> a reference on a resume with a phone number and a title, 
I'm going right to LinkedIn, I'm connecting to them and I'm asking them if they're on the market. Um, I think that as far as providing a reference on the resume, I've gotten some people actually send a written reference. I would prefer and most of the managers I work with prefer to check their own references. We have questions we want to ask and no one's ever going to attach a bad reference to their profile. So as a recruiter, I'm more interested in who you have as a reference later in the process that you think will be able to provide an accurate description of your capabilities to perform in this role. And you don't know that really yet if we haven't discussed the role in detail. So I don't think it's necessary to put them on the resume. I think wait to be asked. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's just, again, it's something that has changed. This was the very old school style of resume writing. Back in the day, you had to put your references down. But now you're talking about some people that value privacy. I even tell within interview coaching processes is don't go and stalk these people on the internet. Don't go and find out. Rather find some commonality within the interviews because some people may not want to be searched and some people value privacy in that sense. But yeah, absolutely. I also, I agree. I think with references be kind of, you can show confidence within the profile um, of your abilities um, through the content. But um, yeah, that's something I also think that should be left for the interview process. All right. All right. Elisa, thank you so much for joining us. I um, I'm definitely going to invite you back. I'd love to have uh, more discussions on the recruitment process and especially on the whole sort of podcast vision is to provide valuable information for people. And I think understanding the ATS or the technology side of things and understanding that the psychology, which is the content, impacting the recruitment process are absolutely key and i think there are other areas within the recruitment process that are also equally important thank you so much for joining me i've had thank a blast i had a great time to too days thank you i would be happy to come back thank you for having me what an informative session I had an absolute blast catching up with Elisa. If you are interested in knowing how you can navigate your profile to the top of a recruitment search, understanding the technology and the psychology aspects, get my book, Building a Strong Personal Brand. It's available on Amazon. Look for Jessica Vanderslice and you can get tools, tips and templates that will help you guide your your profile gets you to write the most impactful profile resume online profile on linkedin as well as your actual cv and resume good luck